Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast, where listeners will be encouraged with positive thoughts and actions that can be applied to combat that negativity that inundates our daily lives. Guiding people to see a positive perspective in personal and professional life events. Now, here is your host, Bob Brum, the Encouragement Engineer. Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. We help people to combat the negativity that inundates our daily lives with a positive perspective and positive action. Today's guest is Derek Johnson. Our guest today is a U.S. Army veteran turned life coach and trainer. However, his upbringing was not easy, being a mixed race and growing up in the South. Derek overcome these initial life hurdles by focusing on fitness to help overcome moments when most people may snap. As part of the U.S. Army, Derek was awarded the Soldier of the Year Award three times during his military service. And now Derek helps people to break old patterns so they thrive, not just survive. He has been able to help over 500 clients and 50 companies go from just surviving to thriving. So please welcome to the show, Derek Johnson. Derek, thank you for taking the time to be here today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Bob. It's a pleasure being here. Well, great, great. Well, let's tell people a little bit more about you, how you got to where you are, because that's an interesting little intro, and uh, I want you to give the details. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it. So growing up, I was an Army brat. My father's U.S. Army, 25 plus years. He's, you can just imagine, black guy, six foot three. And then my mother was German, five foot four, four wow. and a half. So both very hyper-aggressive, very yeah. focused and professional and disciplined. So that was a blessing. So growing up, having both parents, they were up at 4 and 5 a.m. working out. That was just our lifestyle. I saw it, so I naturally got up early and trained as an athlete. So from the outside, successful parents, beautiful house in Florida. Mom is a private school teacher. Father's an officer in the Army. Cool house, screened-in pool. Everything looked great. Kids are having good grades and all that. But in their personal life, they didn't get the help that they needed growing up or from their past traumas. So alcoholism ran Mm -hmm. in the family. So between the hours of 9 p.m. to 1 a.m., about 300 days a year, from the age of 11 to 17, dealing with those dark nights of alcoholism, rage, and all that. But as a kid and as a teen, I don't know where this came from. I guess my faith or discernment, I would know that they weren't yelling or screaming at their son. They were looking through him and just projecting whatever was from their past, current, or whatever. So in those moments, I would harness that pain or confusion the first few times it happened, but I would become obsessed with stories that were way worse than mine. So I never complained. I never told my friends what was going on, never told my teachers. I just kept it to myself because they were well-known. My parents were well-known, so I never wanted to bash their reputation. Right. But by consuming movies, biographies, and autobiographies of individuals that went through things worse, it always inspired me. So I love the training montage or learning about this person's backstory, this military veteran, just any story that's dark that most people wouldn't read. I love those things (laughs) because they would humble me and then bring me back to current reality and say, you know what? It could be worse. Here are 10 other examples. Let me not complain. Let me figure out how to fix this, my mind, work on my body and show up better for people. So in school, I loved being in school because wow. anything out of the home was better. The home yeah. was beautiful, but I was like, I need to get out of here. It's too yeah. toxic. So I'd always show up and help others. So essentially that was what most of the childhood was. And then I went through sports and eventually got into the military. But I truly feel that people that have been through hell or seen it, 
dealing with family, dealing with other personal things is they can connect with others more because they've been there. They're not just right. like teaching from a book or theories. You can kind yeah. of sense when they've been through something. So I feel that that was all my training grounds in life to prepare me for my career, which I always knew that it would be helping others. I didn't know what back then, but it just all kind of fell into place. Right. And that's something, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's crazy. The things sometimes we have to go through to, to have that type of mindset and that type of attitude. And I guess that brings up my first question for you is how did you thrive? I mean, you, you, I think you said it there. It's your mindset. You focused on building a better mindset. Is that how you got through it? Yes. So number one was faith. Okay, great. I like to call it dis discernment or consciousness, but something told me my inner voice just always said, Hey, this is not happening to you. This is happening because something happened to them. Mm -hmm. And at age 11 or 12, I first heard Tony Robbins and oh, I've wow. heard a couple of his cassette tapes. Yep. I'm 33. So yeah. I, I was up, I was up there with the cassette tapes and the CD players. The and big all that. books. Yeah. So it was right before everything shifted. Yeah. <laughs> but with that being said, I remember clear as day. I was in the backseat of my dad's car. He was listening to Tony Robbins. We're on a road trip, just he and I. And Tony said, if my mother gave me the love that I wanted, I wouldn't be the man I am today. Wow. And I got chills at 11. And my, if my friends heard that, I'd be like, why, why are y'all listening to cassette tapes? Play some music. Yeah. But back then I needed it because I could relate to that. And also I dove deeper into it. Mm -hmm. And the second thing that I heard during that time period was life is happening for you, not to you. Yeah. And those two statements stuck out to me so much. And I was like, this is interesting. So I would perspective hop a lot. One, I would consume stories of situations that were much worse. Right. Two, I would work on my faith. And then three, I would work on my body. Mm -hmm. Not just in terms of fitness or aesthetics, but the calmness after an excruciating workout, a run, a lift, whatever it was. But I love the calmness because from there, I would pray, meditate, or visualize. And I felt like it was way easier and much deeper and more effective because right. the body was exhausted. The mind is calm. And I really wouldn't be stressed about anything because I was like, I barely slept, had a dark night, had a great workout. School is easy. Tests. Yeah presentation so i would just always play this game in my head but i truly feel because i consumed those things worked on my faith and then just trained that's what helped me to be calmer in situations so in most cases where kids or teens would cry or react a certain way i never i made a promise to myself to never give people the reaction that they expected wow like if they would want me to fight i wouldn't i would just be calm or i'd agree and i would just play a mental game I don't know where it came from, but something told me, play games. Life yeah. is one big game. What level are you on? It just always came natural to me. <laughs> and that's something you talk about your faith too. Isn't, isn't that one of the, I think it's, which verse is it where he says, take me by, you know, calm waters, by still waters. Isn't it in Matthew? Yes. You know. Um, yes, I think it's Matthew. Yeah, perfect example of that. I mean, you're, you're a living example of that. Uh, why do you think... It, there's so much mental struggle today. I think that's a good one because you talk about that, you know, going forth and, and how you were able to look at a biography and know that you weren't that bad off. Do you think that's something that might be missing and that causes a mental struggle because people think they're alone or what, what do you think is doing that for our society now? Yes, for sure. So I think number one is people aren't releasing as in they're not letting themselves release an emotion. 
So as men, we're all told to suck it up, drive on, man up, whatever statement somebody hears, especially if you're from the South, you got the uh, blue collar dad or the military dad, like suck it up, don't be a little B. But with that being said, sometimes men, we just have to cry for a minute or release an emotion or just go on a walk or go into nature and be barefoot and just feel nature. To some, that sounds funny, but when was the last time most people were barefoot outside of the beach? Right. Like just in their backyard or wherever and just felt the ground, followed a bird for five minutes to see where it flow, see where it flew, just be present in nature. So going back to your question is to release whatever emotion needs to be released. It might be tears. It might be yelling. It might be screaming. It might just be they just need a workout right. or hit a punching bag. It doesn't always have to be hyperly aggressive or too calm, but usually we just have to first phys- physically and psychologically release something. Right. To then earn our calmness, because I like to start with release, because most people use vices, food, alcohol, drugs, porn, whatever their thing is, or right. maybe it's just being around people. Some people can't be alone. They always have to be in a group of three or more, which is nice to an extent, but like they're just trying to dodge their real thoughts and their yeah, they don't want to hear whatever they want to work yeah. on. <laughs> exactly. So I always start with one is release. What do you have to do to release? And you can have a combination of things, but the whole intent is to release so you gain some control. So that way we're not trying to mask things because for most people, they mask things to the point they break down Mm. or they explode on others. So they either implode and go to a dark place because they held it in for so long or somebody at the restaurant that brought them the wrong sandwich made them trigger and they just like are causing a scene in public where they're like, what just happened like yeah <laughs> the server messed up but it's because they have all this stuff compiled in them and they just snap on their son on the server on whoever so it's a combination of that one some people implode two some people explode on others but i truly believe is because most of society does not release right and, and, and that all starts point. just by yourself or with faith yeah and that you know that's where that comes into a great play you you mentioned. And that's so, I never thought of it that way, but yeah, when you're done working out, your body's open, literally your pores are open. Your, your mind is is worn out maybe from the workout. Like you said, it just, you just want to chill and relax. That's a perfect time to get new things into your mind, to get better things into your mind, that prayer, that meditation, that, um, you know, those positive, encouraging words that you might want to hear during the day. That's a perfect time to do it, whether that's morning for you, evening, whatever it may be. Um, you're open at that point. And that's a, a good way oh, yeah. to do that. Um, how do you think that um, like some of the common traits of a leader? I mean, how do you think those play into what people do or do they? Do people realize they have those leadership traits or you train a lot of people? So how do you see that with the people you train? Yeah, for sure. So I would say some of the most successful people, not just that I work with, but as leaders are usually athletes because they have that natural motivation, that drive and that competitiveness. To some people, they've had it since they were a child. They always wanted to win at Uno and poker and basketball. Like they just always had that fire. So Most leaders that I've known in my life, sports, military, business, or whatever, they all have a background of sports, or maybe they were a musician, and they had to earn first chair in band or anything that was competitive. Maybe they were a chess player, Mm -hmm. but everybody, they naturally have that drive to compete, which is becoming more and more rare nowadays. 
where yeah. people are less likely to compete because we all get participation trophies now, which yeah. that's a whole nother rabbit hole. Yeah, but... I know. Let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in that regard is number one, somebody that's competitive at nature, an athlete, or they're in a field as a child or teen, and they just always had to push themselves to be better. They do really well as leaders. Number two would be people that are good communicators and good listeners, mm -hmm. good communicators and good listeners. So we all have a coworker, a former boss or a family member. They just talk over everybody. They're just listening to respond. Right. They don't actually hear you. They're like, all right, Bob, well, let me tell you about my day and blah, blah. And you're just like, cool. You just missed my five minute rant. Awesome. <laughs> like everybody knows somebody that does that to an extent. But on the flip side is good leaders. They're honestly some of the best listeners. And you can tell they're present where they're like, wow, I needed to let that off my chest. Or you might just be surprised that they're actually listening because nowadays everybody's doing this. Oh, oh yeah. 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 You know, listen, man, I'm scrolling. They're asking you about politics and you're like, this is why I don't talk to any of y'all because y'all never anyway. You get tired of this, you know. Exactly. Yeah. I'm better off talking to my pit bull than most people. <laughs> but yeah, at least they look at you, you know. And they... Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely, number one, that competitive spirit is in them. Number mm -hmm. two, they're better listeners and better communicators. And three, they know how to push pride and ego aside, which is very rare as well. They yeah. can actually push pride and ego aside. So somebody could have the competitive side but then they suck as a leader that's like that athlete who's very arrogant he's gifted at every sport he's good but he can't communicate with the team he's always pissed off and like him and the coach don't get along he's gifted but he doesn't have number two and three he yeah. just has number one so i've always loved looking at that and i do believe that it comes from being hyper aware i wouldn't say paranoid just hyper aware of scenarios mm -hmm. growing up in that kind of household which helped with sports, which helped with military, just being hyper aware of your surroundings. Mm -hmm. So I've noticed as well, a lot of leaders or the good leaders, they're aware of the room and their surroundings. So an example could be if they're on an airplane and there's one drunk guy on the airplane that's pretty belligerent, everyone on the plane is scanning the plane for who's going to potentially save everyone right. or who's going to work with me. So if you and I make eye contact, we're like, hey, We'll, we'll strap him into the chair. We don't even say a word. We just give each other the head nod. And everybody else is looking at us like, oh, guy in the black shirt and blue shirt. I think they'll they'll control them. So like everybody's scanning. Scoping it up. But the real, <laughs> exactly. But the real leaders, they can read the scenario and stay calm. So it's always interests me to see that. Yeah. And then on the flip side, if people do not have one of those three, then they just need that guidance. But that's one of the, excuse me, those are three of the most common things that I've noticed. Competitive spirit hyper-awareness, they're self-aware, and then three, they can actually communicate and push pride and ego out of the way. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned ego. I always think what Jim Rohn would say is, is ego is edging God out. You know, um, oh, yes. Yeah, you know, there, there's a bigger bigger picture here than just me, myself, and I. This world is made up of billions of people, and I'm just one little person in it. So let's exactly. put it in perspective, you know? We can have a lot of people that way. So Definitely. What this one I love because it reminds me, and I often think of, I've seen it on you know social media a lot lately. Is you know what would you go back and what advice would you give your younger self? I love that question because I'm always oh, I know what I'd oh, say. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, not saying that I knew it all back then, but because I was playing this psychological game, mm -hmm. I would just tell myself to 
trust myself more and just keep going. So what I mean by that is back then, during some of the darkest times, so I would say between the age of 17 and 20, there was a lot going on personally, even outside of family, but I was getting a lot of opinions. Mm-hmm. And then it got information overload at the time. So an example could be somebody from church, somebody from sports, somebody in the military, somebody online, somebody of this. And I'm not saying getting opinions is bad, but if you get too much at once, yeah, you almost lose yourself to an extent if you're in a dark place. Yeah. Because some people are very extreme. Yeah. So like now when you open up social media, one guy's telling you to only eat liver and vegetables are bad. The other guy's saying only eat vegetables. This guy's saying you needed five ice baths a day. Yeah. <laughs> Not that all those things are terrible to each their own, but a lot of things and people are very extreme about what they do. So if somebody's in a low place and they listen to all this extreme stuff, they're like, who am I? Like, what, what am I supposed to do? So I would definitely just say, continue the course and trust yourself. Right. Because I truly believe that God is within all of us, which is our consciousness. And we deep down know what to do and what not to do. Right. But we yeah. try to just overshadow stuff to make our situation grandiose or the rarest thing in the world. But if we humble ourselves and we're like, I'm not the only one with this issue. Let me be calm for a moment and see what I can work on. Most people, they can figure it out. Yeah. But with that being said, that takes pride and ego. We got to push it out of the way first. But yes, I would definitely tell the younger version that trust yourself more and your faith and just keep push, pressing forward. How did you start to, I mean, you mentioned that you started to, you know, learn this from Tony Robbins tapes, if you will, personal motivation, self-growth. I mean, you sound very educated in life, if you will. I know the military pushes you for that. Is that something they helped train you on? Is that something more of what you focused on when you got out of, you know, your routine at work that you would just focus on your growth like that? It's it's very interesting to me that you're so, you know, focused on this and you you understand this as well. Yeah. So I think it's truly just being hyper aware of people watching. So example, being military, you have friends and families from all different cultures. My dad's friend, my mother's friends, and there's always alcohol involved. Yeah. It was always positive, but I would read the room. Yeah, Thou shalt not judge. But at that time, I was judging everyone in the room because I'm like, <laughs> when she walks out, they gossip about my dad. When they walk out, they gossip about them. And I'm like, it's like a big reality show. I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> and I was just a quiet kid looking at yeah. it. And I would tell my friends, I'm like, this is weird. I was like, do your parents do that? Like they yeah. hang out with all these people and then they talk about each other when they walk out and they're all drunk. And they're just like, man, I never thought about that. And I would just always be their DD. I was a designated driver as a teenager. For my parents, I'd drive them everywhere. Yeah. And I mean, they're highly successful. They'd be up at four or five and working on their thing. But at night, they would all party and all that. But seeing all this, I saw examples of how I didn't want to end up. Right. Yeah. And teach your own. But I was surrounded by it so much. I was like, yeah, them and their friends, they have the money. Marriage, 50-50. Being a parent, showing love to a child when needed. Sometimes tough love is good, but I would just always look at it like that. So when I would see examples of how I don't want to be or generational curse, which I don't want to continue, or on a positive note, I would meet people where I was like, wow, he's in shape. He's married. He's a father. He does this. He speaks. He does that. Wow. This is unique. Yeah. You can actually do that. So the more you see proof of people doing what you want to do, you're like, oh, you can't do that. Yeah. You don't just have to be rich. And a drug addict or an alcoholic, like you can still be sober yeah, and rich right, and take yeah. care of people and have faith. <laughs> so it honestly was just one of those things of 
seeing the examples of somebody that I don't want to be like, and then learning yeah. that. And then also on the flip flip side, seeing examples of good leaders that I do want to emulate and put my own twist on. So I would always go back to perspective hopping. Yeah. Starting my childhood, I would like look at stuff, zoom out to zoom back in. And I think it was just a defense mechanism when you're being yelled at by your mother saying the darkest stuff, like to just be transparent, should have had an abortion, blah, 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 blah. You hear that in your face, like for years on end when they're drunk. And then the very next morning, like, Hey, where do you want to go have lunch at? Right. And you're just yeah. Like, yeah. What, what did you forget yeah. those three hours last night? But it gets yeah. to a point where you can tap out and kind of like be numb to the situations. Right. So I think that's all in a line with this. I was trained to perspective hop where I'd never really be present during the, during the sucky moments. Right. And I would tap into a higher self. So, and that's, you know, that that's good because it helps you to know your value. I think that's critical with what you're saying in our society today. People are going to do stuff like that. Um, you don't know where they're coming from when they say stuff like that. It may be similar situations that you went through, but you know, you got to understand people don't know you, but God knows you. God has given you power, your great ability. You can get through things, but you have to believe that too. It's a, it's what you play in your mind. And I think that you give a good example of how you overcome that. Um, yeah, that's, you know, being a, the youngest of children from a generation that, you know, my parents were older, they went through World War II, my dad lived through the Depression, etc. You knew that generation, you know, they smoked, they drank, they, you know, you saw that lifestyle, but as they got older, you realized, eh, maybe that wasn't so good for you. And you see the benefits of physical fitness, you see the benefits of not doing that stuff, like you said, um, you know, you can change your pages in your story by deferring yes. or deterring from what others have do done. So great oh, yeah. example of that. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Now it's, it's interesting too, because, you know, looking at your webpage, you've got a ton of people that you've helped that through fitness and so forth and the, the accolades and the, the uh, recognition they give you. What type of mindset? do you use to help people? I mean, you've shown some of it, but is there, is it the military side where you're focused, driven, 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 or is it the personal side, understanding the benefit of a positive mindset? It's definitely personal related as yeah. in their personality. So example, some people are very into horoscopes, teach their own. I'm more so into communication styles and I could read someone and tell what coaching or teaching process would fit them best. Right. As in like, if somebody's in a very low place, I'm not going to go drill sergeant, suck it up. Don't be a little beat. Like that's needed to an extent with some people, some people, they thrive off that. They're like, I just need a drill sergeant. Can you just be blunt and in my face? I'm like, cool. That's what we're going to do. The next <laughs> others, okay. others is completely opposite. They just need to release. So an example is being able to read people. So I have some clients that I can tell when something personally is going on, mm -hmm. whatever I had planned on the agenda is irrelevant okay. for 30 or 45 minutes. They just need a release. Mm -hmm. And like, they could be talking in circles. Doesn't matter. By the end, I say, Hey, how do you feel? They're like, okay, here's the task. If we have five or 10 minutes left, we still get the job done. But what was more important was them releasing. Right. But me as a leader, identifying that opposed to saying, Hey, suck that up. We're going to focus on the, this agenda. We're going to do that they wouldn't absorb it and it wouldn't have been effective. So I would say on a personal basis, meeting the person where they're at and then slowly building them up. That's great. 
Um, I think that's important so, in our society today to, for people to do that. Oh, yeah. So like an example with family and military, it was more so in your face, gung ho. So like quick example of the communication styles, if you ever heard of the four animal communication styles, I focus a lot on that. So it's more so traits of somebody's communication style, not their personality, not their horoscope, not any of that, their star sign. It's more so animal one is the ram. The ram is open, honest, and blunt. They're driven. They're the entrepreneur. They're the leader. They're the coach. They're the CEO. They're the best salesman in the company. They're just naturally that person. Honest, open, driven, and blunt. Every All of the four animals have two sides. You have the positive trait, which right. is honest, open, and blunt. And then you have the toxic trait, which is some cultures or some people. They're just so in your faith, they don't know how to turn it off. So like to their kids, they speak one way and that's it. They don't know how else to communicate. Or like if somebody's in the South and they had that grandpa where they're like, hey, don't talk to him after 4 p.m. Yeah, that's that's that. So that's the toxic side of the ram. Animal number two is the grasshopper. It's a bug, but these yeah. are the four animal communication styles. But the grasshopper, they're rarely present. This is the person that's always in the future, in the past, or creating the what if scenario. They're always doing this. Hmm. You could be at dinner and they're somewhere else. And they don't mean it in a disrespectful way. They're a nice person, but they're always somewhere else. If they don't do that, they talk in circles a lot because their mind drifts. Okay. And this person, you just have to pull them back to the present. You're like, hey, you started off with work. You ended up in your ex marriage You ended up here. Like, wh where are we going? And, and he's like, oh, sorry. Thanks for getting me back on track. <laughs> That's the grasshopper. Number three is a combination, the turtle and the snapping turtle. Okay. The turtle, it goes back to they implode. They hold things in. They escape the uncomfortable conversation. The snapping turtle they hold things in so much until they snap at the restaurant on the 17-year-old server and embarrass them right. or at the family function. That's the turtle. They hold it in or the other one, the snapping turtle, they explode. Last but not least is the dog. The dog is a people pleaser. Positive, but on the toxic side, they do everything for everyone else or they say yes too much to everyone until they get burnt out. So those four examples... Within like 30 seconds, I could usually tell what communication style somebody is, and then I know how to approach it to build them up slowly. But first building them up with where they're, excuse me, building them up from where they're at, right. rather than saying she needs this, they need that, and learning more about them. That's awesome. That's great. Well, that's, that's you get some great examples there, Derek. Where can people get a hold of you? What's your website? We want to make sure people have that information so they can follow you, get a hold of you for what they may need if you need fitness training. Yeah, for sure. So the website would be fit with Derek, D-E-R-I-C-K, fitwithderek.com. On the website, I see hundreds of transformations, body and mind. I like to have videos and pictures. I like to say real people with real results. No Photoshop, no BS. <laughs> um, next is social media is Derek Johnson. Same profile picture on everything. So my whole intent with social media is to show the morning process and then just show client transformations and just make people think. Right. And last thing in regards to that or coaching in general, I just tell people, I'm like, I'm not for everyone. You're not for everyone. But if somebody doesn't mind the aggressive, the authentic, just like blunt, then that's that. If not, then, hey, I'm not for you. <laughs> awesome. Well, Derek, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate the information and the encouragement for our audience. Thanks for taking the I time appreciate to be it, Bob. on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Bob. Not a problem, sir. Thank you.
Hello, this is Bob Brum, your encouragement engineer. I want to be your contrarian. I want to help you in the battle to overcome the negativity that inundates our daily lives. You're better and greater than your situation, and you've been given a gift by our great creator. As an encouragement engineer, I can help you to see the value of a positive perspective, positive actions, and positive mindset in your life. No matter if you're a solopreneur, or corporate contributor, or a large organization, the value of your greatness needs to be shared with the world. As an author and encouragement engineer, I would love the opportunity to enlighten your organization with the value of positivity for your situation. We can overcome negativity with the light of positivity. I encourage you to contact us at BobBrumSpeaks.com for more information, and let's have a conversation about your situation and how we can help you. Thanks for joining us on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. To learn more about the services Bob provides, please visit his website at bobbrumspeaks.com for more information. And please feel free to share this podcast to your friends.